Blog Talk Radio. The following is a post time with Mike and Mike production. Dresmick Wicked is lonely on the lead. He's up by four on the outside. Don't tell me again. Cutting into the margin. But it's McWicked four years later back at the top of the sport. Homicide Hunter who sweeps past to the outside. Homicide Hunter trotting into the finish. It's Homicide Hunter who will hit the line. 148 and 4. The fastest trotter ever. Dewey did some good down the boulevard of broken dreams. Walker Meister coming at him. Walker Meister on the outside getting the best of him. Walker Meister in front. Giddy Three wide, all bets off. They're at the top of the stretch. Rockin' Ron turns first in the Battle of Lake Erie. On the outside, bit of a legend. Rockin' Ron, bit of a legend. On the outside, bit of a legend. This year's battle champion, 23 and 1. Homeward bound in gold cup and soccer, 59. Somewhere, Penty, rockin' in heaven. Rose Run Quest is there. Here is the French connection. The alerts have won it. Fine. Twinkle takes aim in the passing lane. Now Caviard Alley in full gear outside. Sharton start a feeling. Caviard Alley all out. Sharton digging deep. Sharton's going to dig in here and get the win here. Sharton up on the front end. That none shall pass for Tim Dietrich. Giddy You're tuned in to the official podcast of the Sport of Harness Racing Post Time with Mike and Mike with co-host Mike Carter. Foiled again! Holds on to win! Foiled again, tough as nails! And Mike Bozich. The Iron Horse has cemented his legacy! Giddy have a very special co-host today, Mr. Dave Brower. What's going on, Dave? Hey there, Mike. Happy Thursday to you and to all the Harness fans out there that are tuning in from wherever you may be. What a fantastic weekend of racing we've got coming up north of the border and even here at the Meadowlands as we continue to roll through our championship meet on the road to our two biggest events, the Crawford Farms Meadowlands Pace and the Hamiltonian. Yeah, big stake season coming up for you at the Meadowlands. But before we kick off the show, we got a couple of birthdays we got to highlight, Dave. You know, we do. It's a big, big day for the birthdays in the sport. Now, one person that's anxiously awaiting that uh, big North America Cup card up in Canada is Casey Coleman. She'll be trying to win it again uh, with Stag Party. No luck from the post gods there for her, but we've seen champions overcome bad posts. Happy birthday to Casey Coleman. And to our very own Ken Workington, Mr. Hockey Referee here at the Meadowlands, who will uh, celebrate a milestone birthday today. 
we've got a little get together planned for him uh, later on this evening with uh, the wife and family and some friends and stuff like that. So big happy birthdays out on this Thursday in the harness world. Funny story about Ken Workington, Dave. Uh, back when I first got ready to start calling races back in 06 or 07, I sent Ken Workington a tape uh, of what I was doing and things of that sort. And he sent me back, like, it was almost like the a, a school package, um, almost that he like he would have done, uh, like Tom Durkin did um, a few years back at Goshen. And it was a bunch of, like, things you know what you should do what you shouldn't do and i'll tell you he along with sam mckee and many of the other greats helped me help get me where i am today but i was really appreciative of that package that he sent me that day well one thing about ken he pays it forward he's always been willing to help anybody that uh, has an interest uh, not only just in the sport but in particular in you know the announcing part of the game he even had a class uh, i don't remember whether it was last summer or the summer before that where he had like 20 or 25 people, you know, come on up to the press box and call a baby race and a qualifier and just, uh, you know, learn from Ken's been around a long time. And I say that with all the love in the world, but he's done it all. And he's the ultimate professional and such a great friend to work with. I enjoyed, you know, being in that uh, press box with him every night. Speaking of baby races, and before we dive into the Pepsi North America Cup, which is coming up this Saturday, you guys have the baby races coming up on a Saturday. You've got the Gateway Qualifiers coming up on Monday. Lots of great things going on at the Big M. Yes, we are busy. This is our time of the year to actually work. We don't get the fluff days off, uh, Mike, no doubt about that. Uh, the baby races, uh, Breakfast with the Babies, sponsored by the Fashion Farms, by the way. Thank you to Jules Siegel for taking care of that. Uh, you know, we, I think what did we have 17 last week. We've got 19 coming up this week, this Saturday. And for everybody that likes to tune in and watch the free live stream on PlayMetalands.com, you're going to have to get up a little bit earlier this week. Uh, we're going to kick them off at 9 a.m. Remember, everybody's got to be uh, on planes to head north and stuff like that. So we're going to start at 9 a.m., uh, 19 of them uh, to be exact, uh, with some qualifiers in there for some older horses as well. Our director of racing, Scott Warren, will be on the microphone this morning. We've penciled him in for that. We get to see you uh, call those races uh, the morning of the Meadowlands Pace, so we're looking forward to hearing you as well. But, uh, you know, busy, busy, busy. Uh, tomorrow they'll draw for the uh, third installment of the Gateway Farms Qualifiers. That's where trainer Ronnie Burke has had most of his two-year-olds getting ready, and we, we imagine there'll be another whole slew of them. We just hope for better weather this Monday. It was kind of dreary and rainy and drizzly last Monday. It, <laughs> we were ducking for cover inside Tony Alanya's barn, so thanks to Tony for uh, like letting us get a little shelter there. Yeah, for sure. You got, I, I've been to Gateway only once. There's not a whole lot of shelter there except for uh, being able to duck into the barns. But we'll get back to the qualifiers in just a little bit. Ken Middleton's in the on-deck circle. But Dave, real quick, to kind of highlight the show a little bit. Ken Middleton, the storied announcer at Woodbine Mohawk Park, is going to join us. And who could forget his Some Beach Somewhere call from 2008? Uh, he does a fantastic job up at Woodbine Mohawk Park, except for the fact that he's a Boston Bruins fan. Well, I tell you what, he's, I, I'm amazed he's even able to call in this morning. I don't know whether he can hear me yet or not, but uh, I know it was a late night and a big road trip for him, but uh, it did not quite work out as well as uh, he had hoped. But it still had to be a thrill just to be in the building, right, Ken? All right, we're going to take a quick timeout. When we come back, Ken Middleton joins us. He's back in Canada after his trip to Boston. You've got Post Time with Mike and Mike presented by the United States Tronic Association and Bet America. 
At BetAmerica, we don't do promotions only for new players. As a regular player at BetAmerica.com, you can take advantage of several promotions each week. Go to BetAmerica.com slash extra and visit our promotions calendar and find out how you can get double wager reward points on our featured tracks. It's just another reason why it's time to play the BetAmerica way. Harness Horse Youth Foundation has the power to bring a life-changing experience to any child. We introduce youth to the horses and skills that build confidence, friendships, and a lifelong love of harness racing. The Harness Horse Youth Foundation has been a positive influence in the lives of thousands of young people since 1976. Check out the complete list of Harness Horse Youth Foundation camps and activities at hhyf.org. That's hhyf.org. It's been said that fortune favors the bold, and we're all in at Harris Hoosier Park Racing and Casino. Join us as we kick off the live racing season with an epic fan appreciation weekend, Friday, March 29th and Saturday, March 30th, for champion harness racing, new bets, folder promotions, free family events, live entertainment, giveaways, and more, starting at 6.30 p.m. Harris Hoosier Park Racing and Casino is bigger than folder, and we want you to be a part of it. Visit HarrisHoosierPark.com for more info. Mike and Mike presented by we're back on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike presented by the United States Trotting Association and Bet America. Mike Carter alongside of Mr. Dave Brower. We're joined now by Ken Middleton. And Ken, I, I didn't realize that they uh that the Bruins uh had lost last night. Obviously I don't watch hockey or else I would have never mentioned it. <laughs> I I wish I hadn't watched the hockey game last night either. It wasn't much of a game for my guys, but uh Hey, hats off to the Blues. They've been a, they've been waiting for the championship for a long time, and uh, it, you really appreciate uh, how hard these guys work. It's 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 not a sprint; it's a marathon, and it's it's kind of like a war playoffs. These guys tough it out. They battle through injuries just like some of the horses. You know, little things that ache and aches and pains, and uh, yeah, they played their hearts out. But we were second best. What can you do? Hey, Kenny, it's Brower here. First of all, how did you get the ticket? That's a tough ticket to get. It was a tough ticket. You know what? After the uh, after the Carolina series was finished, um, a buddy of mine, Laverne Turnbull, he uh, texted me and he said, I can get tickets for Game 7. We'll buy them off, you know, StubHub or something like that. And I said, yeah, go ahead. You get your money back, obviously, if there is no Game 7. So as the series went on, Game 7 uh came to be reality so anyway we got some airline tickets and rented cars and booked hotels and away we went and i got to go to fenway park too i'd never been there so it was, it was quite a day it was really a fantastic trip even though the end result didn't work out in my favor well you okay, crossed let's... off two bucket list items there yeah that, that's oh. good stuff yeah yeah it really was boston's a great city too you know just to walk around it's uh uh it's an old city it's got a lot of character um you could just people watch and walk down the street and go to different pubs and restaurants and enjoy yourself doing that. But no, I had a blast. It was a, it was a whirlwind trip. It was a quick in and out, but uh, yeah, it was one of the, like you say, it was a, a double bucket list uh, cross off yesterday. 
Now, Ken, let's kind of talk about the Pepsi North America Cup. You are going to call the Pepsi North America Cup again this year, as you've done for plenty of seasons past. But who could forget the 2008 Some Beach Somewhere call, as you call them down the stretch? He's big, he's strong, and he's got it going on. What's it like to kind of call the action on Pepsi North America Cup night? How is that different from, say, a regular night? Um, just obviously the magnitude of the races and the, uh, you know, it's stake race after stake race after stake race. So you've got the best of the best there. Um, but that particular night, um, the crowd was, that was the biggest crowd that I've ever seen. Um, and they were so vocal, like they were yelling at the quarter pole by the time the horses reached the top of the stretch. Um, it, it was deafening, like from even my vantage point, I had my window cracked open and I'm watching the horses come off the final turn and I'm just describing the action, but it was just the, the crowd noise was just unbelievable. So, and I guess you feed off that, you know, you, you get excited when the crowd makes all kinds of noise, you, you get more excited and your juices start flowing a little bit more. So, and he was a horse of a lifetime too. So um, he gave the public what they came, came out for that night, a, an unbelievable performance. He was a, he was a special, special horse. Was that your favorite uh, call of that race, Ken? And, and tell us how many years you've been doing it, too. Um, first year I did it was 2006, Total Truth. That was, that was a cool race, too, for George Teague and Ron Pierce. But, yeah, the Sun Beach Somewhere one uh, definitely was my favorite, just because of the crowd interaction, you know what I mean? It, everything worked out perfect. It had a Hollywood ending. It was the big horse, and he did what people expected him to do, and uh, it's just a race that you remember like it was yesterday. Um, where some of the other cups are just kind of a blur, but his stands out. Like I can remember McDonnell rushing him to the front of the quarter pole and clear to the front. And he was just in control every step of the way. It was just, like I say, it was a race that in my memory stands out like it was just yesterday. Now, Ken, obviously a very competitive Pepsi North America Cup coming up on Saturday night. It goes as the 11th race on the program. And you've got Delo Cielos Delo from post number two. You've got Better's Wish working on a mystery. And Captain Victorious was really strong at odds of uh, 61 to 1, which you don't see uh, Ron Burke at too often. How do you kind of see this race uh, playing out, and who do you like? How do I see it playing out? That's that's a really tough question because – so many things that you didn't expect to happen happened last week. Captain Crunch, you know, whatever he was, one to two, made a break in the first turn. Looked like he jumped over starting gate cast by the – or jumped over shadow cast by the starting gate going in the first turn. Um, you know, now he's drawn outside. Um, Ron Burke's tandem that you talked about, the Los Cielos Dale. I don't know what the heck happened to him. Like three starts into his season, Burke had to be saying, what in the heck is going on here? Because this horse is just – he was – such an underachiever but then that mind-boggling qualifier and then his uh 25 second last quarter last week closed from an impossible spot i had him ruled out around the last turn because he was just so far back but man did he get airborne so to answer your question about who i like that's the one i like to lost cielo's dale how do i see the race going your guess is as good as mine um they're all going to be busting out of there wanting to get position off the gate nobody wants to get trapped on the rails so it's uh it's going to be a, a wild affair. There's not going to be a three to five favorite in the race this year either. It's it's going to be a, a great race to bet as a handicapper. I think the favorite's probably going to be somewhere in the nine to five, two to one range because there's so much parity in the race. It's it's that wide open. Dave? 
Whenever you get a race like that, uh, Ken, with a, a, a lot of power speed to the outside here, uh, give me an idea of, of who you favor in terms of the drivers. You know, this, this is clearly going to be a driver's race, and sometimes uh, some guys control races better than others, but I don't see anybody with enough power in here to control this kind of a race. So it truly is a crapshoot. Yeah, no, you're right. Um, you know, by the time they get to the quarter pole, uh, there could be already two or three lead changes. Like like you say, outside horses, Captain Crunch, for example, you know, he, he can't get away eighth and realistically think he's going to win. So, you know, I think Scott's got to press out a certain amount with him. Um, you know, Tim Tietrich's going to leave out quickly with the Brian Brown trainee too. And uh, who knows what the Lost Yellow Stay was going to do. The qualifier at the Meadowlands, he whacked out all the speed and, and won in 48 and four. And then last week he rallied from out of the clouds to win or to finish second, I should say, home in 25 in the end. So it's, I think the guys in the back of their mind are going to have certain guys that they want to track. Like Miller will glue to T-Trick or, you know, T-Trick will want to watch certain horses going in the first turn and then make his move to the front. They, but it, it all changes as soon as the gate leaves, even for these guys, I think. So I really don't know what to think. Now, Ken, obviously a big program from start to finish on Pepsi North America Cup night. Out of all the other stakes races, uh, what other matchups are you kind of looking forward to uh, throughout the evening? Um, hands down, I think maybe the race of the year to this point is going to be the mayors in the Armbrough flight because after seeing those record-setting and equaling performances last week from Atlanta and Hannibal or Hannibal bouncing back to, uh, you know, turn back the clock and uh, – dominant like she was uh you know at points in her earlier points in her career that to me is a real blockbuster race uh you know Jingra had the choice and he picked atlanta over hanalore who set the canadian record last week so it that's a race that's got a lot of intrigue and it was those were breathtaking performances last week they were absolutely unbelievable so to me as a fan of the sport not just the guy who's going to call the race itself but i can't wait for that race Dave, i got to tell you, that's one race I know I'm looking forward to uh, on the Pepsi North America Cup program. Are you surprised at all that uh, Yannick chose the way he did? I am no, not. you know what? I'm, I fully... Uh, no. Yeah, I would have bet. I would have bet he would have picked Atlanta. Handler, Handler went her mile. I think Atlanta had a lot more left at the end of the mile. Even Yannick said it in the interview last week after uh, winning. Um, he said she wasn't quite at her best in the previous start in the graduate at Mohawk and I would concur. She just, she didn't look, uh, she just didn't look 100% herself. But last week she was just unbelievable. She was just one, two, three, four, the whole way, putting them down. She, she looked, she looked amazing. So yeah, I'm really pumped to see what kind of a mile those two can go this week. Dave, same question. Kind of lost yeah, no, I'm not surprised at all. I expected him to take Atlanta. But but back to Ken, you know, kind of lost in the shuffle on this blockbuster super card here is you get to call the horse of the year again, Mick Wicked. How much fun is that? Yeah, no, that's great. He uh, He's had some troubles. Uh, you know, he had that he had that great start to the year, but then he had some foot issues. Uh, uh, he was actually over at Casey's Barn one day, and he, he just had some uh, – he's had foot issues in the past, but uh, these were ones that cost him – uh, a chance to go to London. They wanted to race in the Camelot Classic, but he had a foot problem, similar to Sintra, who had to scratch. And then uh, he was hoping to get a preferred race at Mohawk last week to race, and the class didn't fill. So uh, they trained him over Mohawk. Casey's assistant trainer, uh, Mark McKinnon, I heard in 50 and change. So 
he's not going to be short coming in. He, he went a ballistic training trip over Mohawk uh, last week. So he's got the Mohawk Gold Cup. Uh, draw, he drew a great post. And, yeah, he's an exciting horse, too. All right, Ken. Well, listen, good luck to you guys coming up on a Saturday night. It's a big card of racing, and we're looking forward to uh, hearing you call the action. Okay, thanks a lot. Yeah, I hope everybody enjoys it. It's going to be a great night. You got it. Have Thank fun you. and enjoy, buddy. Okay, take care, guys. Thanks a lot. That was Ken Middleton, the announcer at Woodbine Mohawk Park. And, Dave, I got to tell you, I'm just getting excited for the card itself, but you know me, I get overly excited anyway uh, for the little stuff. Yes, you do. (laughs) That is not one of your problems, Carter. You do get excited for certain things. (laughs) You know, I think we all remember my first 149 call. Dave said he had to about uh, catch me off the roof of the building at Northfield Park, but (laughs) Hanalore Hanover versus Atlanta, I tell you, that is probably going to be one of the most exciting things we're going to see on that Pepsi North America Cup card. I certainly hope the race turns out to be as, as good as the hype is going in. Now, listen, Hanalore Hanover's, you know, mile was just absolutely tremendous. But Atlanta just has that panache and flash about her, you know, being the total, total superstar that she is. And, you know, I, I, I don't, it, it's hard for me to say this right off the bat because it's still early in the season or whatever. But I think as we sit right now going into Saturday – she looks even better this year. I am a bit more impressed with her stride and her strength through the stretch in a couple of these starts so far. So, you know, w- what she is capable of, you know, this year and maybe, you know, next year, if they bring her back to race is, uh, you know, something to behold. It really is. All right. Our man Brian Brown's in the on-deck circle. And Dave, working on a mystery, is setting up to try to give Brian Brown his second Pepsi North America Cup. He won with Fear the Dragon. I am re- was really impressed with working on a mystery last week. Just drove off to win easily. It's going to be really fun to uh, watch the Brian Brown connections cheer this one on. Well, I can't wait to talk to Brian, actually, because there's such a great story behind this horse. And uh, we want to thank Brian uh, personally when he gets on the air for just heading up to uh, – Woodbine at Mohawk Park to attend that press conference. He'll repeat that story for us, and trust me, you're going to want to hear it. All right, we're going to take a quick timeout. When we come back, Brian Brown will talk about his Pepsi North American Cup chances. You've got Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by the United States Trotting Association and Bet America. The Meadowlands racing season is just heating up with large fields, bigger purses, nightly promotions, and some of the greatest restaurants in New Jersey. There are plenty of places to catch all of the exciting action. First post on Friday and Saturday nights is 7:15. For more information and reservations, call 201 The Big M or visit PlayMeadowlands.com. Discover Woodbine Mohawk Park with the whole family during the Battle of the Border at the Pepsi North America Cup, June 15th. Featuring cross-border horse racing rivalries, incredible music, and fantastic food. Come out to the Pepsi North America Cup and show your Canadian pride as the best horses and drivers in North America compete for $1 million. Admission is only $10, plus kids 17 and under are free. For events and admission details, go to woodbinemohawkpark.com, 9430 Guelph Line. 
Winback Farms welcomes three new stallions in 2019. New to New York, Boston Red Rocks, one of the 2015 Dan Patch Award for two-year-old pacing colts, and a Breeders' Crown champion. New to Pennsylvania, 34-time winner Heston Blue Chip, one of the Dan Patch Awards for three-year-old colt pacers, and a Breeders' Crown champion. Also the sire of the second richest two-year-old Philly pacer of 2018, Zero Tolerance, and new to Ontario, my MVP, a proven sire of stakes winners, including Good Times Trot winner Wolfgang. For more information, go to winbackfarm.com. That's winbackfarm.com. You're tuned in to the Bet America Radio Network. Host Jason Bean brings you new shows every Monday through Friday. We bring you the best personalities from across the racing world with extensive interviews, commentary, news, games, and more. The Barn is revolutionizing what horse racing radio can be. And you can hear new shows at BetAmerica.com or just search Bet America Radio Network on iTunes, Spreaker, Stitcher, or iHeartRadio. Get in the Barn. We're back on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike presented by the United States Trotting Association. Mike Carter joined by Dave Brower from Meadowlands Racing and Entertainment. Dave, I'm going to let you kick this one off as we talk to Brian Brown about his Pepsi North America Cup chances. Dave? Hey, Brian. Thanks for joining us this morning. Congratulations on making this final as you attempt to win your second North America Cup. But I want to thank you on behalf of all of us harness people in the business for getting in the car driving all the way up to Woodbine at Mohawk Park for that press conference the other day. We know that's not five minutes, so I just want to say thank you very much for that. I appreciate it, and I just think it's our responsibility as participants in the sport to try to help you guys, the tracks, the business in general, just try to help keep us on the map and people wanting to come see us race. Well, I do appreciate that. Like I said, it does make our jobs a little bit easier. Now, for those that may not have been tuning into that press conference, there's such a fabulous story surrounding this Colt about the end of last year and into this season with his with uh, his caretaker, Ashley Dowis. Tell us exactly how responsible she was and how important she was to keeping this horse on the track. Well, it goes back to last year before he ever qualified he was training down pretty good, and I can't say he looked like he was going to be this horse, but he was training good. Next thing you know, he sticks his foot through the gate. He runs the tine, the wire tine, right down in his foot. It gets infected, and the next thing you know, he's a lame. He can't even put his foot down. The blacksmith had came and looked at it a couple of weeks later and said it's so full of infection that this horse won't even race this year. So Ashley never gave up. She soaked it, pulled us it, put him on the shake plate. She'd done everything she could. The vet, the blacksmith came back, trimmed it again, still didn't think it was going to work. And a month after that all happened, he came back, reshot him, and you could see all the yellow on the bottom of his foot between the wall and the sole. And he put the shoe on. The horse went out and jogged really good and just kept getting better all the time. She was the one person that did not give up on the horse. She went above her job and just kept working at it and uh, finally got the horse back to the races. And as soon as he got qualified, from there we thought, man, this is a lot nicer horse than we thought he was. 
Now, Brian, you were very high on working on a mystery when we were down in Florida, and it's been really impressive to kind of see what this cult has been able to do from all of that to now. Just how good is this cult? I mean, have we seen the best out of him just yet? Well, I'm hoping not, and I think we haven't. He scoped terrible after the race. He has been in Lexington for three days. Ashley put her life on hold, went to Lexington, and spent three days right in the barn with him. They have an apartment in it. She's lived right in the barn with this horse. And she takes him to the oxygen chamber every day. She's on her way home now. And if you'd have seen the scope and after the race and not known where this horse has finished, your first question would be, how far did you get beat? Not that the horse won. It was amazing that the way the scope looked, as much as it was in there, that he could race like he did. But it just goes to show you some horses fight through everything. Some horses can't handle much. Brian, you decided to put him on Lasix this year. Was that uh, something that you had in mind over the winter, or is it something that you just felt he needed uh, this year? No, he needed it. He That's why he got beat in the Breeders' Crown Elimination last fall. He, he did bleed in that race. So And it came from nowhere. He raced great in Lexington. He wasn't as good the second week as the first week, but we scoped both times. Never was blood. I trained him right before I went to uh, Poconos for the Breeders' Crown last fall, and about five days out, and he had blood. We tried to do all the natural things and you know, treat him up the best we could. It didn't work. The only bad race he's had in his life, he bled that day. Okay. Now, Brian, uh, you got to pick your post for the Pepsi North America Cup final. You chose post number four. What kind of thought process goes into selecting your post? Obviously, you don't want to select post 10, uh, but there has well, to be obvious strategy, correct? Well, it is, and it's Timmy's strategy. I had nothing to do with it. I don't tried to profess to be a driver. I let he came to me right after the race one know if what I thought about the four, I told him, You tell me what we're taking. It's all on you. He has his game plan and you know, the way he tried to describe it, it gives him options whether if he wants to leave a little he can. If there's a lot of them leaving, he'll let them go. He'll float out, fall in, whatever he feels like he should do at the time. If you're on the inside, all these guys start coming out of there and they're crowding down on you. Sometimes you're in a bad spot where you can get trapped pretty easy. If you're way on the outside, then it doesn't leave you much choice. You've got to go. So here he puts himself in a position he gets to decide on what they're doing and then what he wants to do. So this is all on Timmy. He's the one that chose Brian, thanks so much for sharing that, uh, you know, that, that thought process because a lot of people, you know, we, we, we have to guess as to why certain posts are uh, picked uh, by trainers and or drivers, and sometimes even the owners have a little say. I'm going to have your man, Mr. Tietrich, Mr. 11,000, on our In the Sulky show before the uh, race is tomorrow night, so we'll ask him that question again to see why he chose four. But my, my, my last question for you is tell everybody just how hard or impossible it is to keep these three-year-olds sharp all year because it's a battle of attrition. It's a war. They beat each other up. You experienced this uh, quite, 
quite vividly a couple of years ago when you had not just the top Colts but the top two Colts. How hard is it to keep them in top racing shape? Well, it depends on the horse, but most of the time it's pretty hard because there's just things that come up and you don't even see them coming. Just like this horse, race great. If Timmy hadn't told me after the race that he coughed two or three times uh, when he hit the turn after the race, I might not even have scoped the horse that night. Uh, You just never know. There's so many things that can go wrong with a horse's health. Blood issues, uh, tying up, breathing, soreness. There's just so many things that go on. And then when you ship from Ohio to Canada, it seems like as soon as you cross that border, it's like the air is different or something. They start having problems, especially two-year-olds. You go up there and race. They're great. You go to the final. They're terrible. You scope. They've got full of mucus. You know, I don't know what it is. So we brought our horses home, and I did that last year at work. I was I stayed in Canada the two years before, and uh, it worked great for down by the seaside and fear of the dragon. But that week, actually, they had no problems. They went into the final in great shape. I had a lot of problems with them two horses after that, but they were good horses. They still showed up and raced every week. And I think Mystery is the same way. He may even be able to handle adversity even better than they did. All right, Brian. Well, listen, we certainly appreciate you taking time out of your morning. We know you're uh, busy. I don't know if you guys got qualifiers in or not, but we know you're pretty busy out at uh, Delaware this morning. Thanks so much for taking time out. I appreciate you guys calling. Have a great right. Saturday, Brian. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right. That was trainer Brian Brown. And, Dave, what a story behind working on a mystery. I fell in love with this story when Brian first told it to me, you know, I think, uh, you know, at the end of last year, how lucky they were to, you know, keep this horse on the track. And then the display he put on at Lexington showed you that he's a real special horse. Now, when you hear the info that we're releasing today about him not really, you know, being a 100% last week and he still won and he still won under wraps, doesn't that uh, put a little scare into the rest of the field, Mike? (laughs) I would say so. Uh, you know, you're not going to get a lot of that information out of a lot of people. And he basically put it out on the line. You know, he scoped sick. He wasn't, uh, you know, and, and how much, I guess, smarts from Tim Tietrick that it was Tim Tietrick who gave some advice to Brian Brown that made him get the horse scoped. That That's pretty impressive in its own right. You know, a lot of times that conversation doesn't necessarily take place. So, you know, you got to listen to your driver when he comes up with that. And like, like I said, you know, in retrospect, after watching his sensational performance in the elimination and, and you, you know, he wasn't 100%, he, that, that stamps him as the horse to beat. Is he going to be three to five? No, he shouldn't be. I mean, it's a real good horse race. And, you know, as we talked with Ken earlier about, you know, the, the, the myriad possibilities of what can happen in the race, it's up to these guys, these top drivers, to, to make it happen. That's what they get paid for. And, uh, yes, they are well compensated. So we'll see how it turns out. All right. We're going to talk to driver Yannick Jingra, who is back from Sweden. And we will talk to him about a little bit of World Driving Championship. And we'll also talk about the decision he had to make between Handelore, Hanover, and Atlanta. You've got Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by the United States Trotting Association.
Windbag Farm of New York is proud to introduce Boston Red Rocks courtly choice at Mets Hall to the 2019 Stallion lineup. Boston Red Rocks, the two-year-old Colt Pacer of the Year in 2015 and a Breeders' Crown Champion, courtly choice of the 2018 Meadowlands Pace and Little Brown Jug winner at Mets Hall on the 2018 Simcoe Stakes and Dwight Memorial and was the runner-up of the 2018 Hambletonian. For more information, visit winbackfarm.com. That's winbackfarm.com. Are you interested in learning more about owning standard bred racehorses? Do you want to experience the excitement of driving a standard bred? Owning a racehorse is a once-in-a-lifetime experience and not as difficult as you may think. The United States Trotting Association wants to help make your ownership dreams a reality. Contact a member of the Ownership Concierge team by email at owners at ustrotting.com or by calling 877-800-8782, extension 5555. Mike Bozich, along with Mike Carter, for Pacing for the Cure. Do you or someone you love with multiple sclerosis have a difficult time paying for your MS medications or need medical equipment such as a lift chair or scooter to help with your mobility needs? Pacing for the Cure can help. Please visit the pacingforthecure.org website and complete the mobility aid application or contact Jeff at pacingforthecure.org. If eligible, you may receive funding. Mike? Are you a harness racing trainer or driver? Please join the list of those who pledged in 2018 for the $1 per win challenge. The 2019 challenge has begun and wins tally from January 1st through November 30th. For the drivers and trainers that are currently participating in the challenge and donate $100, they will receive a Pacing for the Cure long sleeve t-shirt or baseball cap. For a $250 donation, the driver or trainer will receive two tickets to the annual party. If you are interested in joining the challenge, please email Jeff at pacingforthecure.org. Thank you, drivers and trainers. We're back on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by the United States Trotting Association and Bet America. Mike Carter, joined by Dave Brower. We're joined now by Yannick Jingra. And Yannick, first, let's talk about the World Driving Championship in Sweden. How was it over there? And uh, you put in a pretty impressive performance. Yeah, it actually, uh, it was a great time. You know, we had a lot of fun and. Uh, you know, learning and, and you know a little bit more about uh, you know Swedish racing, the gold start, uh, the cold blood. So it, it was a lot to to take it in the, in a week, ten days. But uh, it, it was a great experience. Dave, Yannick, speaking about those cold bloods. Now I know you were a little bit hesitant. I guess might be the right word to hop in the bike behind one of them. But, but tell everybody uh, how different it is to steer one of them and just how much control you did or did not have. Uh, yeah, well, I was more concerned about the Volt starts, honestly, than the Cold Bloods. But uh, the Cold Bloods, you know, they're definitely a different breed. They're they're much slower than the than the standard breds. Uh, from what I had heard, you know, they're really heavy in the mouth, and uh, half of them kick, <laughs> so they say anyway. But uh, you know, so they, they're definitely definitely a different kind of animal. Just to put it in perspective, they may go miles, and I think the world record is like two fifteen or something like that. You know, in 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 uh, in our time, so. Um, so like I said, they're much slower and, and obviously the one we drove weren't going ro- world record speed, you know, so, uh, <laughs> it, it was definitely different, but uh, it wasn't as bad as I expected uh, in all honesty. 
Now, Yannick, what was it like to participate in the World Driving Championship and finish in such a great spot? Obviously, I ex- we all expected you to win over here, uh, but it, it had to be fun to kind of drive against some of the top drivers from around the world. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I've been in it. You know, it's the first time in the World Driver Championship, but I participated in, the, in uh, overseas in a couple uh, driver championships. And it just, it's the experience. It's meeting new people, making new friends, and, and learning a new system. That, that's all it's about. Obviously, I was really honored when uh, when they asked me to represent the U.S. It was uh, you know, it was a great honor, and I, I, I didn't take it lightly. But uh, it was, I, I definitely was, you know, wanted to go for the experience. And like, like you said, you know, driving against all these guys from, you know, they're the best in their countries. And uh, it was it was nice, uh, no, definitely a nice experience. Dave? We're glad you had a good time, and it certainly looked like you did with the family and everybody else by the uh, Twitter photos that you put. And trust me, Yannick, we all appreciate uh, you doing that. Now, listen, anytime there's a big uh, blockbuster racing card of stakes, you're going to be uh, the, one of the main guys and the high-profile driver here. You've got several steers that we'd like to ask you about coming up on Saturday night. Let's start with the, your North America Cup drive. Captain Victorious, who came out of nowhere, he didn't finish like a 60-to-1 shot. He looked like he had a lot of pace. Tell us about it. Yeah, honestly, like, um, first of all, I didn't think he should have been 60-to-1. But uh, when I, I qualified him the first time after Ronnie Bottom, I really loved the horse. I thought he uh, he was super in that first qualifier, the Madeline for Ronnie. And, and then uh, thing went south after that. Like, uh, he raced at the Meadows. He wasn't so good. Then uh, then I raced him. Um, and, and really, he made a break. But it wasn't – no, he spooked from something. He spooked from the starting car or something like that. He was looping the field, leaving the gate. And all of a sudden, he took off sideways. And, and I really had to grab him up, you know, fast. And, you know, then he just rolled off. And his last start, I, you know, I, mean, I didn't see it, but he, uh, from what I was told, he had a good trip and he just no punch. And then, uh, then they found out he had, a, you know, really bad ulcers. <clears throat> so Ronnie started treating him, uh, you know, for ulcers and stuff, and and uh, it really helped him. And he told me uh, going in, he says, believe me, he says uh, this horse has a shot. He said, you know, the ulcers were you know, as bad as could be. And he says, and I'm not sure the ten days is going to be you know, enough to make him perfect, but it, it, he's going to get better. You know, and I, and we always thought the horse had tremendous ability. So. Uh, I knew going in the horse had a shot, and I thought I think he raced tremendous. I think he raced really good, and and honestly, like you no, know, it's not an easy move to make being in a three old, you know, back out of the three old, go three deep, and then and then start him up again, you know. And, and uh, I was really impressed with the horse, and I, I mean, I, I truly believe I have a shot Saturday. I mean, he's going to be a long shot again, but uh, he's got great gate speed and and, a, and a, you know, perfect post actually for his style. Now, Yannick, you drive Swandre the Giant in the Good Times Final in the third race. You draw post number two. And talk about a horse that hasn't lost a step. He's poised to be one of the top three-year-old trotters this season. Yeah, I mean, last year, like, you know, he always had ability, but he, he was, sometimes it was his worst, you know, his own worst enemy, you know. Like, he was a little bit bumpy-gated at time, and, and he was really heavy in the mouth. To, so if you try to help him, you know, he would just try to fight you instead of let you help him, you know. And then uh, – this year, and then of course, I only raced him the one time, but uh, in the post spread, he, he was a little bit anxious, and uh, so I was a little bit concerned that he was going to, you know, he was the same horse as last year. And then, uh, but then when the gate speed up, like he, uh, you know, he let go of the bit and he let me drive him, and he was actually perfectly gated. You know, I, I, I really liked him actually uh, last week. I thought he raced really good. Um, you know, it got beat by the horse sitting on my back that uh, I think he's a really nice horse himself, but. Uh, I think he might be better a little bit following uh, Swandre. And, I, you know, hopefully in this spot, maybe we can get a trip. Uh, either if they mix it up a little bit, we can race from behind, or maybe we can follow one of the other favorites. But, uh, I mean, I think the horse is uh, is ready for a big mile. I think last week we stretched him out a little bit, and, and he'll be even better this week. 
The talk of the harness racing world since last Saturday night, Yannick, has been the performances uh, turned in by both Atlanta and Hanelor Hanover. You drove them both. I'm sure there's a lot uh, that has gone on in your head uh, since then to try and make that difficult decision. So uh, tell us uh, whether or not you've agonized about it and what the thought process and communication is with Ronnie on who you were going to end up on. Well, to be honest, after the first elimination, I was—I said to myself, well, this is great. This is going to be an easy pick now. You know, Atlanta was so good, and I'm thinking, you know, like, uh, you know, all right, she made my decision for me. Then then uh, Hannah Lord goes out and does what she does best and, and catches the field. And, you know, and then I was, like, definitely left to, you know, what what do you do now, you know? And then uh, uh, we, I talked to Ronnie right after the race, you know, as far as pick and post position, and we really went about it like, like a real draw, actually, to give Ronnie credit on this one. We could easily just say, okay, this one has this post, this one has that post. But he wanted post three for both of them. So uh, uh, if if they were picked first. So actually we did the draw, the, you know, the regular way. And then uh, so that's the only thing basically we talked about Saturday night. He says, just just don't worry about it. We'll sleep on it and we talk tomorrow. And um, <clears throat> so we talked a little bit on Sunday. And then really it's Monday we made the decision. But, uh, it, you know, an analog is, you know, She's unbelievable, and I think honestly, like I'm not sure which one is best for this week. And I'm I'm being honest there. I think Hannah Laura was super. So was Atlanta. It's going to be a horse race, no doubt about it. Uh, and and I'm really not sure if I picked the right one for this week. But Atlanta's four years old, and she's got all these four-year-old race coming up. And then um, so like when we talked about it, you know, he, he left he left the choice up to me. He says you do whatever you want. But you know, he, he gave me his opinion. I I told him what I felt, and uh, and basically it came down to what Atlanta has coming up and, and, uh, you know, that's the reason I picked her this time. And, um, you know, but I, I I'm really not sure, uh, which one's going to win it. Honestly, I think they're both tremendous race now. Now, Yannick in the Mohawk gold cup, you drive filibuster Hanover and talk about a horse who has not been able to draw to save his life. He's a fantastic gelding. He just can't draw. And, uh, unfortunately it's hindered a couple of his performances, but, in the battle, he really closed from off the pace, 27-3 and three over Dorsfield. It's not bad. Yeah, you're right about that. He's had no luck. He's drawn the outside you know, many times. And, uh, I mean, he can leave the gate really fast. You know, he's, you know, you remember the jug. You know, he, he just crossed right over. And, and, like, so the horse has tremendous gate speed. But I'm not sure. Uh, I mean, I, that's something I'll have to talk to Ronnie. I mean, it's a long year. You know, he's racing week to week. And, um, you know, so I'm not sure if he's he's going to want me to, uh, you know, just, again, let let him get in the flow and race it from the back or we're just going to fire him out of there. Uh, either way, he's up against it, I think. It, you know, it, it, either way, it's not going to be easy. So uh, um, maybe, you know, maybe we just race him from the back, try to get in the second or third over, and he'll definitely kick home from there. And, only he's, uh, you know, he, he can have speed at both ends, if, uh, you know, depending which way we're going to decide to race him. Still, he'll always be a special horse for you after that uh, jug win. Uh, was uh, happy to be there and watch that that day. Now, speaking of yeah, big-time and... pacing power, go ahead. Go ahead if you need to finish that thought. No, no, go ahead, go ahead. No, no problem. All right. Speaking of big-time pacing power, I've watched Warwee U Butte so far this year, and I, I've got an opinion, and you tell me if I'm right or wrong. I think she's better this year than she was last year. Oh, I, I totally agree with that. Uh, you know, the problem sometimes with her was that, uh, you know, she would drive me, you know what I mean? Like, and then, uh, so, 
you know, that that was a little bit of a problem. She'd leave the gate and just want to go 100 and, and, and just go from there. This year, like, that's the first time last week, actually, that when she did make front, she, she was a little bit grabby and she went on. But uh, uh, but I could have ducked her. I could have got away fifth or sixth, no problem. And then even when I was moving up to the front behind Andrew, she was really relaxed. But he's just once she hit the front, you know, you know, the light went on and she just wanted to roll. But, uh, yeah, she, she's tremendous right now. The, the plugs were still in last week, and I still had pace left. So, uh, you know, we got a good post this week. And, like I said, if uh, if they really make it up up front, you know, she, she will be no problem to race from behind. But uh, I'm expecting, hopefully, to make the front somewhere around the half or a little bit earlier than that and go from there. Now, Yannick, in the Roses, are red final. You drive You Are My Candy Girl. You draw inside of Charton, but between Caviar Alley and Charton, it's going to be a tough race, but uh, You Are My Candy Girl looked good last week in the elimination, coming home in 26-2. and two. Yeah, she's really good right now. Um, you know, I just hope they mix it up a little bit. You know, the, I've said it a couple times in different interviews that uh, it's just been a, a leave and sit with those mares so far this year. So I'm hoping now that uh, it's the first real big race that uh, they're on. So I just hope they mix it up a little bit. You know, I think we've been uh, conscious about Candy Girl, try to, you know, race her from behind after, you know, she had a tough year last year and all those front-end miles where she would, you know, get rolling. She's a little bit like uh, where you butte really in a way, you know. And then, uh, but no, so far this year, we, we try to race her from behind and she's really learning it and she's facing home good. And so, um, hopefully they mix it up a little bit, but, uh, but I, I'm, I'm not, uh, um, I'm not uh, close to the idea of like, if they don't, then I, I might be on the move myself. I think the mayor belongs with those horses. And, um, you know, if somebody slams the brake too much, uh, they'll have some, they'll have a visitor. Dave? Yannick. Explain to everybody just how difficult it is to make that transition from two- and three-year-old stakes horses up to the distaff, you know, pacing level. It's just a brand-new ball game for these horses. No, for sure it is. It's definitely, uh, you know, you face mare like Charton and, and the, even Kevin O'Reilly, she's five now. It's tough. You know, I mean, it, it's a big transition to make, and and it's not easy. And, you know, like perfect example uh, with um, – you were my candy girl. She was a front end horse last year, but we knew going in that she can't do that against those mare. You know that they, um, it, it's definitely a big, you know, a big change, and they have to learn to race from behind and and take trips, and uh, that's what we're trying to do with her. Well, Yannick, I tell you, you got an action packed night coming up on a Saturday night at Woodbine Mohawk Park. Best of luck to you, and we'll see you up there on Saturday. All right, thank you very much, guy. Have a good night up there. All right, thank you very much. All right, Yannick Jingra, and I'll tell you, lots of good information from Yannick as well about some of his top uh, older horses, some of the younger horses, and even what he's thinking about in the Pepsi North America Cup. You know, I, I found that very interesting that we got a little story on Captain Victorious there. You know, they, they thought highly of him. Uh, he had a problem. They think they have addressed the problem, and, you know, it's the kind of horse that he's going to go off at another decent price, and if you were making – you know, an exacta box in there, Mike, you might want to just toss him into the ticket because we know he's going to finish well. It's just a matter of where he will be finishing from. So good stuff there from Yannick, as always. And I just love to hear, uh, you know, we heard it from Brian earlier about the, the line of communication between trainer and driver and decision-making. And there you got a good insight into what he and Ronnie Burke thought about uh, involving one of the most important decisions uh, that he's going to make this year. Well, before we dive into the pacing for the cure segment, uh, let's talk. Let's me and you kind of talk about this race a little bit. I was actually talking with my buddy uh, Garnet Barnsdale yesterday, 
And I shot uh, – Mohawk asked uh, a few of us about the industry to you know, shoot a video. They're going to do like a Kentucky Derby type thing. And my pick was the two, De Los Cielos Deo. But I'm going to box that with Captain Victorious. I think Captain Victorious offers a lot of value. You won't get 61 to 1. I wish you could. But who knows? Maybe 12, 13, 10 to 1 would even be nice. Well, one thing about this race, Mike, is you know you're going to have a lot of different opinions, <laughs> you know, and that's a good thing sometimes. I can't wait to hear, you know, what Garnet uh, comes up with because I always consider him the king of the north when it comes to the handicapping. Uh, I, I've never had a whole lot of luck, you know, in the North America Cup when it comes to picks, but, you know, I've I got a special place in my heart for two of the horses that are in here, and it's working on a mystery, and it's Captain Crunch. We all saw what happened with Captain Crunch last week. The, the biggest knock on him this week, and it, it, it's not even due to the horse, it's the post. The post is going to be a real problem there, you know, with everybody powering out of the gate. It's going to be difficult for him to, uh, you know, get the trip that he needs. The key to the race, in my opinion, is Mr. Tietrich. And I can't wait to ask him about this, you know, tomorrow night when we do uh, an In the Sulky interview with him. He's going to be the one everybody is looking at, I think, you know, coming out of the gate. Because Better's Wish is going to leave a little. Working on a mystery is going to leave a little. Tiger Hanover has left every start of his life, so I got a feeling he's going to leave a little. And then everybody's going to try to, you know, find a spot or settle. And once working on a mystery hits the front, that might be the end of the lead changes. Now, let's kind of talk about Better's Wish for just a quick second. This is kind of a horse that uh, snuck out of nowhere, uh, slipped into the Art Rooney, won the Art Rooney by six, and then turned back around last week and won a Pepsi North America Cup elimination for trainer Chris Ryder. It's been really kind of cool to watch this horse grow over the last couple of weeks. You know, that's a good point because he did come in flying under the radar, but that would always be a mistake when you dismiss anything trained by Chris Ryder. He's a master horseman, too. But what you saw last week in the elimination for the Cup was the, you know, the, the first of probably many great drives that we're going to get from Dexter Dunn, you know, as long as he stays here uh, in North America. He is a master in the selfie seat, and the steer that he put on Better's Wish in that elimination was just, was just classic. He got the horse a perfect journey. He was patient enough to wait for the inside to open up. And then the horse did the work, sprinting home to get, you know, a nice shiny uh, lifetime mark there of 149 and three. You know, I know a lot of people who were betting on him in there, and they, they made a nice score because he paid 660. Uh, what price will he go off, you know, in, in this final? I almost think it has to be higher because there are just a couple of other more high-profile horses and, 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 you know, horsemen and trainers and drivers and stuff like that. But, you know, I don't think we know how good he is yet. We're going to find out as the stakes season goes on because it's a, it's a long one, and they do beat each other up throughout the year. But uh, he's got my respect now, and he definitely should be on everybody's radar, both the horse and the driver. Now, Dave, let's take a look, just a quick look at a couple of the other races on the Woodbine Mohawk Park program Saturday night. Uh, race number three, the Good Times final. Swandre the Giant draws post number two uh, after finishing second, just missing by a neck in the elimination. Obviously, the three that are missing uh, from this race are the Melander three, uh, but it's still a really good field with pilot discretion and forbidden trade. This is another tough race. It is, uh, you know, and you know I need to be watching very, very closely as we prepare to get ready to uh, broadcast the Hamiltonian this year. I'm going to do that again with Gary Seibel and Greg Blanchard. So always, you know, we will be tuned in here. Uh, I was, I really wanted to hear what Yannick thought about Swandre the Giant because I wasn't convinced. But listening to him, you know, I'm going to give him a little bit of extra credit. 
pilot discretion has snuck up on everybody this year uh, for Tony Alanya and Andy McCarthy here. He's done absolutely nothing wrong. I would make him the horse to beat. You heard Yannick talk about forbidden trade and, and how good he was last time. So he's the home uh, home horse for Luke Lay, and Bob McClure has been driving well. Super Schissel still needs to step it up a little bit, in my opinion. The other one to watch is Southwind Avenger. He's raced uh, good both here in the States, and he's raced good up there. Uh, you know, Richie uh, Nifty Norman does uh, such a wonderful job here, and he's just going to have to motor out of there. This horse likes to finish more than uh, leave the gate, but Southwind Avenger will be involved early, and then we're going to see who's got that uh, last quarter burst to uh, take the good times on the road to the Hamiltonian. Race number six, the Armbrough Flight. You got two choices here, Hanalore or Atlanta. Who are you going with? I'm going with Atlanta. You, you you heard what Yannick said. You know, to me, she's just a, a superstar, you know, and, and I think she's a little bit better this year at the age of four than she even was last year throughout her championship season there. You know, listen, they got post four, they got post three. Nobody's going to really, you know, push the issue. Uh, it, it's probably going to be a, a boring race if you want to call it that to watch and then we you know we watch them uh, begin that sprint for home and you heard Yannick Hedges bet a little bit I mean he's he, he must have been impressed with Hanalore Hanover a lot last week so uh, w- when they turn for home and the sprint starts that's when we'll all get excited race nine the Mohawk Gold Cup because uh, we talked about where we butte we've talked about the chart race a little bit but the Mohawk Gold Cup has an interesting dynamic in it, David, and the fact that McWicked has been will have been off almost a month leading up to this race. Do you think that poses him any problems? No, no, because he's the ultimate professional racehorse here. He can overcome just about anything, and when he is sharp, which I think he is right now, he, he's almost unbeatable. Brian Sears is going to hop back into the sulky seat there, taking over for Louis Philippois, and he knows this horse best. He, it's just a matter of how Brian wants to drive him in this particular spot. There's enough speed, I think, coming to uh, you know let him settle mid-pack and just pick up that grind. That seems to be the way he races best. To try to bet the race and maybe uh, add a little value into the exacta, I would use the seven physically inclined and the nine filibuster Hanover in there. You know, they're both going to be prices from the outside, and I think they're both sharp enough to get into the ticket here, uh, no matter how McWicked decides to uh, race his race. Now, we all saw what the wall did in London in the Camelot Classic. And, you know, Mike Bozich was all over the wall in the Camelot Classic. There was no pick, there was no picking against the wall as far as Mike Bozich was concerned after the race of the Commodore Barry. But he didn't get all that great of a trip in the Battle of Lake Erie. He got locked in, couldn't get out. And then he had to come three wide off the turn. Do you think he's got a chance against this group? He does, but, you know, it'll all be about being in the flow. I mean, Joe Bongiorno, when he looks at the program here, he's going to try to figure out a way to be sitting behind McWicked and following him if he's going to range up into the race. That would be the livest cover in the world. And when you look at how the post positions fell, that can certainly happen. So, you know, if McWicked comes first over and the wall is second over, you know, maybe that's the exact that you want to have. But. All right, we're going to take a quick timeout, Dave, and then uh, we'll get the pacing for the Cure segment in, and then we'll wrap this thing up. You've got Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by the United States States Trotting Association and Bet America. 
Fairfax Farms welcomes three new stallions in 2019. New to New York, Boston Red Rocks, one of the 2015 Dan Patch Award for two-year-old pacing colts, and a Breeders' Crown champion. New to Pennsylvania, 34-time winner Heston Blue Chip, one of the Dan Patch Awards for three-year-old colt pacers, and a Breeders' Crown champion. Also the sire of the second-richest two-year-old filly pacer of 2018, Zero Tolerance, and new to Ontario, my MVP, a proven sire of stakes winners, including Good Times Trot winner Wolfgang. For more information, go to winbackfarm.com. That's winbackfarm.com. Are you interested in learning more about owning standard bred racehorses? Do you want to experience the excitement of driving a standard bred? Owning a racehorse is a once-in-a-lifetime experience and not as difficult as you may think. The United States Trotting Association wants to help make your ownership dreams a reality. Contact a member of the Ownership Concierge team by email at owners at ustrotting.com or by calling 877-800-8782, extension 5555. The Meadowlands racing season is just heating up with large fields, bigger purses, nightly promotions, and some of the greatest restaurants in New Jersey. There are plenty of places to catch all of the exciting action. First post on Friday and Saturday nights is 715. For more information and reservations, call 201-THE-BIG-M or visit PlayMeadowlands.com. We're back on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Mike Bozich along with Mike Carter. And right now, it's time for our Pacing for the Cure segment. And we've got a couple of very special guests joining us for this particular segment. The uh, mother-daughter combination of Heather and Scarlett Wilder. Ladies, welcome to the program. Thank you. All right, Heather, we're, gonna, we're going to uh, start with you as far as Pacing for the Cure goes. And always... Interesting, always exciting stuff on the calendar for Pacing for the Cure. And Pacing for the Cure is going to be participating in a rodeo event coming up in the very near future. So tell us how this came about, Heather. Uh, It just came about uh, my Uncle Jeff is is a standard bred horse owner and breeder. And he also rodeos. Um, he had a full uh, ride to Sam Houston. He graduated from there on the rodeo team um, and, and loves both, both sports, loves horses in general. And when Scarlett started putting out about the patch program and, and about pacing for the cure, he knew someone who was personally affected by MS. And he thought it would be a good way to merge both industries and, um, you know, raise finances as well as awareness in both communities. Heather, let's talk a little bit about some of the who, what, where, and uh, what's going on, some of the details of the event. commitment that they've made, the Fort Armstrong Rodeo. It is July 12th and 13th this year. Gates open at 4.30 and the rodeo starts at 8 p.m. And it all takes place in Ford City, PA at the Crooked Creek Horse Park. All right. Now, can people sign up in advance or do they have to pay at the door? The admission is it's admission uh, at the door when you come to the event. Um, but, of course, you can donate at any time online at Pacing for the Cure. Um, but it's going to be a, a great night. And 20% of those profits that come in through admission for those two days and for two days next year go towards Pacing for the Cure. 
That is very good. Now, tell us a little bit about uh, promoting the event. Uh, they've put it out. Fort Armstrong Rodeo has put it out in print, radio, and online ads. Um, we've done several flyers, but really the reputation of the event and the rodeo every year, it becomes something that's on the calendar for people in the area. And they have huge crowds both nights, so I'm really excited about this opportunity. And if anybody's got any further questions, who's the primary contact? Who can we get a hold of? Well, of course, you can always contact Jeff and Janine uh, Gessick, um, but you can message me. You can message Scarlett on Facebook. Um, Jeff Altmeyer has a number at Altmeyer Trailer Sales where they can call. Uh, the number is 724-545-1271. Um, also, you can just Google uh, Fort Armstrong Rodeo and find out most of the information right there on their Facebook page. All right, let's bring in uh, Scarlett Wilder. Scarlett, tell me a little bit about how the rate of the uh, rodeo challenge came about, and uh, what are the details to actually participate? So we wanted to be able to merge both rodeo and harness racing together, and we thought that the patch program would be a really good way to get even the younger kids who aren't as out there already, but also get them involved and make them feel like they're doing something good to help people all over the place. And you basically just donate or raise $20. There is a form or contract that we send out to the parents and the kids, and you just fill it out and check your event, and they basically get a certain number of patches, and we do at least one promotional post per month per uh ambassador and then you are a part of it and the most money raised throughout the year through any of the ambassadors you're up for a scholarship which i believe they range from 2500 to 1500 to a thousand scarlett what types of events uh, are included in the challenge so right now we have bull riding breakaway roping barrel racing and team roping um but we aren't only limited to those. If there's anyone else, like bronc riders or steer wrestlers or anyone like that, who wants to um, join as well, that's open to anyone. And how many do we have signed up so far? And uh, what are the uh, kind of the goals for 2019? So far, we have about 11 ambassadors, and I think a reasonable goal for this year would have to about. 30 or 40 ambassadors, as we're going to also be set up at the event at the rodeo at Fort Armstrong to bring in more people and explain to them kind of what it's all about and hopefully get a lot more people up there. And so if somebody wants to actually, uh, like, participate in the challenge, who uh, who's the contact information or the contact name for that? They could either message Jeff Gessick or call him, or they could message or call myself. All right, very good. Now, Heather, let's uh, switch gears uh, for a little bit. Um, you've also been involved in the Women in Harness Racing Challenge. This is such a cool concept, in my opinion, and it seems to really uh, have taken off on social media. Can you tell us a little bit about how that program works? Well, it was just kind of an idea where we were always mentioning, you know, sign up as a caretaker or a driver, trainer, or owner, and we found that 90% of the people that were signing up were men. And I just 
one day got to talking to my friends about why they weren't members of the challenge, and it came up that they didn't think that they were that they were wanted or that they were uh, the demographic that we were going for, and and that was so not correct. And um, and so we started the women's challenge um, to promote the women in racing, and and you know they play such an integral part of this standard bread industry. And so it's just great to have them on board, and they are running with it. They they love to post their win pictures and talk about their horses and their stable. And it's funny, we started out with just women caretakers, and then women contacted us and said, but I want to do the trainer. And we said, wonderful. And then, and then we got uh, drivers. We have uh, a woman from Australia who does a great job who's one of our drivers. And owners came in wanting to be involved. Um, and then what really helped it out was we had an anonymous sponsor when they saw that we were thinking about including women. She said that she would like to cover the cost of the dollar per win. And so these women sign up, and, of course, if they would like to donate their, their dollar per win, that's wonderful, and we appreciate it. But the donor um, will be donating on their behalf this year. Wow, that is terrific. Now, how many, uh, how many do we have participating at this time? We have over 90 women right now. It has been incredible. Um, we started out, and we never dreamed that, that we would have this kind of response. And, you know, myself personally, I, I love it because I know how strong women are in harness racing, and I feel like it's an opportunity for us to promote the things that we're doing while helping a wonderful charity and spreading awareness. Now, you mentioned uh, something a couple of questions ago about this anonymous sponsor. Can you kind of tell us a little bit more about that? Uh, she is a wonderful woman. Um, she is a former harness racing owner from the 70s and 80s, um, had some amazing horses, and wanted to recognize the women in our sport. Um, so, so she is pledged every win that, that those women collect, whether it be caretaker, trainer, driver, owner, uh, she is pledging a dollar for each of those wins. That is terrific outstanding certainly a big uh, high five goes out to her uh scarlet before uh, heather before we let you go um i also hear the pacing for the cure is participating in two charity nights coming up at the races here in the month of june can you tell us a little bit more about those events sure yes two of the racetracks that are heavy supporters uh Sciota downs we're going to be there twice this year um our first one the charity night is june 22nd we go back in July, and then once again, uh, the Meadows has been a wonderful supporter, and we're there uh, June 28th. Fantastic. So once again, June 22nd at El Dorado Sado and June 28th coming up at the Meadows Charity Nights for Pacing for the Cure in the month of June. We are each and every one of you listening here today to uh, check that out. Well, Heather and Scarlett, it was a pleasure being joined by you guys here today, <laughs> and we certainly Thank appreciate you. it, and we will be talking to you guys very, very soon. Thank you.
Mike Bozich, along with Mike Carter, for Pacing for the Cure. Do you or someone you love with multiple sclerosis have a difficult time paying for your MS medications or need medical equipment such as a lift chair or scooter to help with your mobility needs? Pacing for the Cure can help. Please visit the pacingforthecure.org website and complete the Mobility Aid application or contact Jeff at pacingforthecure.org. If eligible, you may receive funding. Mike? Are you a harness racing trainer or driver? Please join the list of those who pledged in 2018 for the $1 per win challenge. The 2019 challenge has begun and wins tally from January 1st through November 30th. For the drivers and trainers that are currently participating in the challenge and donate $100, they will receive a Pacing for the Cure long sleeve t-shirt or baseball cap. For a $250 donation, the driver or trainer will receive two tickets to the annual party. If you are interested in joining the challenge, please email Jeff at pacingforthecure.org. Thank you, drivers and trainers. It's been said that fortune favors the bold, and we're all in at Harris Hoosier Park Racing and Casino. Join us as we kick off the live racing season with an epic fan appreciation weekend, Friday, March 29th and Saturday, March 30th, for champion harness racing, new bets, folder promotions, free family events, live entertainment, giveaways, and more, starting at 6.30 p.m. Harris Hoosier Park Racing and Casino is big, fast, folder, and we want you to be a part of it. Visit HarrisHoosierPark.com for more info. Discover Woodbine Mohawk Park with the whole family during the Battle of the Border at the Pepsi North America Cup, June 15th. Featuring cross-border horse racing rivalries, incredible music, and fantastic food. Come out to the Pepsi North America Cup and show your Canadian pride as the best horses and drivers in North America compete for $1 million. Admission is only $10, plus kids 17 and under are free. For event and admission details, go to woodbinemohawkpark.com, 9430 Guelph Line. We're back on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by the United States Trotting Association and Bet America. Mike Carter alongside of Dave Brower. Dave, a big weekend of live harness racing coming up. We've got a show from Woodbine Mohawk Park. We're going to showcase one of our newer members of our broadcast team and Ashley Mayu. It's going to be a big weekend of racing from north of the border. Yeah, can't wait for it. Uh, hopefully, we'll all uh, get some good weather up there, too. I know the forecast wasn't all that great. We're going to have fantastic weather here in New Jersey for our Friday and Saturday night cards. And uh, tell us, uh, how did you hire that new talent? So we were doing some searching. Uh, as, as everybody knows, uh, Jessica got picked up by Meadowlands Racing and Entertainment, which we were super happy about. And uh, we, we started hunting around, started looking for um, some more regional-type people. Um, to kind of help us out, and Ashley, a native of Buffalo, um, was a good pick. I actually heard her on Preakness Day at Pimlico Racecourse uh, on the live feed itself, and I said, if this girl has any interest in harness racing at all, or if she's got any background in it, we need to pick her up, and I told Mike, I called him that day and said, this is the one that I want to hire if uh, if uh, she's got a background in harness racing, and her grandparents actually worked for the Regals, uh, Dave. So she's got a little oh. bit of background. She was telling me, I think it was a, she's got a Breeders' Crown blanket at home somewhere. Uh, so, you know, they've got a little bit of, they got a little bit of harness racing background, but we're super excited to have her on board and, you know, super professional, nice young lady. And 
you know, the the key to this whole thing when we created this show, as you know, is we wanted to help build a couple of people up and help, you know, blossom them into either thoroughbreds or harness. And Rich Matei went on to be the announcer at uh, Tioga, along with working in the race office. Jessica's working for you guys at the Meadowlands. So who knows? Maybe uh, this is our next big investment. There you go. You are an incubator of talent, <laughs> top talent at that. And uh, I think she'll turn out to be a great hire for you guys. I look forward to uh, maybe catching a little bit of that uh, podcast uh, Sunday morning with my coffee. Now, listen, uh, I want to thank you for bringing me on today. I'm very happy to do so uh, as I'm finishing up the Saturday morning line, which is a little bit difficult. But tell everybody where uh, Mr. Bozich was today. It was a, it's a special day for him, too. That's why he's not with us today. Oh, yeah. Special special day for Mike Bozich. Uh, he had, for those who don't know, he had surgery last week. And then this week, he was celebrating his first grader graduating on to be a second grader. So Ben Bozich is well on his way to becoming the next top-tier announcer at Harris, Philadelphia, graduating to the second grade. Well, I just hope he can handicap better than his dad, that's all. And you know I'm kidding when I say that. He's <laughs> my, Mike is an excellent, excellent handicapper, and we've been fortunate enough to have him uh, as part of our Racing from the Meadowlands show. And uh, we look forward to him calling the baby races. I've got him penciled in for Saturday, June 29th. So uh, all of the post time with Mike and Mike listeners, you can you know listen to Mike uh, call our baby races. We'll have plenty of them on that uh, Saturday after uh, Saturday morning. Rather, it's live streamed for free again uh, on our website playmetallands.com. So lots going on, lots to look forward to, and I hope you have a wonderful weekend there, buddy. You as well. And listen, Mike might might try to put some uh, show bets down on those baby races. So make sure you keep an eye on them, will you? <laughs> I'll do my best. Uh, he'll be in the booth. I'll be downstairs uh, outside watching uh, with some buddies uh, eating some Murray Brown bagels. Can't wait for that. Dave, I certainly appreciate you taking time out of your busy day to uh, jump in and join us. And uh, look, we look forward to having you on uh, sometime soon. Sounds good. Travel safe. Enjoy the racing. And uh, good luck to everybody, uh, all the Harness fans out there, on what should be some wonderful betting cards here and north of the border. All right, that's a wrap from a Post Time with Mike and Mike. We'll see everybody back here next Thursday. Make sure to check out our show coming up on a Saturday with a first post of 8 o'clock. We'll see you at the Pepsi North America Cup. Oh